0: uncertainty one truth stands God exists and is present in your life as you trust him anxieties fade God is guiding you he has led you to this place and he will lead you on the Bible teaches that those who follow Christ shall live by faith join us in this series to unlock the power of trust Embrace the benefits of trusting God and watch your faith grow. Your journey into trust begins. Well, good morning Sugarland Campus. So great being here with all of you. If you don't know who I am, my name is Tim Homa. I have the awesome privilege of being our campus pastor at our Richmond-Rosenberg campus. And today I'm excited to be here with all of you and with all of you watching online. Wherever you are today, whether it's morning, lunch, dinner time for you, thank you for joining us, being a part of our incredible worship. That was awesome. That was so cool. We don't always get to experience the big choirs at our campus, so being here today to hear that has been pretty cool. And also, big shout-out to my campus. I miss you today. Let me hear you. Big shout-out from Rich Rose. Come on, let me hear you. They're yelling right now. They're yelling. I know they are. They are. I miss you, and I'll see you next Sunday. Well, today we're going to continue on in our series on trust issues. Uh, We've been on a four-week journey of discovering what faith is and how does it help in our relationship with God and understanding his promises for us. Week one, if you remember back, Pastor Mark did a great job of really explaining to us by looking at God's word and looking at creation, evolution, that God exists and that he's faithful to his promise to us. And then in week two, we talked about the faithful promises of God. We talked about the fact that faith itself is just not mere thinking or blind optimism. It's a confident assurance of things we haven't seen yet and things yet to come. That faith is the bedrock of our relationship with God that proves that we can trust him, that he's trustworthy, and we can believe him because of his word. And then Juan Carlos, in week number three, he talked about that faith has layers, that sometimes it takes small steps of faith to create habits in our life. And by small steps of faith, that that habit grows, that we can be able to handle life's storms and challenges later on because our faith has grown, it's become a habit. And then last week, Pastor Xavier talked about the fact that in our faith, there will be times where we may experience doubt, that doubt's not a bad thing. In our, in our minds and in our eyes, sometimes it can be a barrier, but what he showed, that it can be a hurdle that we can overcome in order for our faith to grow. He even use the example, what did he use, the example of skydiving, right? He talked about how many of us wouldn't do that, maybe. I, mean, I think most of the hands in my campus said, no way. No, there, I doubt that I could ever truly, truly trust uh, that parachute. Let me give you 21 seconds to look at this. That is 21 seconds free-falling from 15,000 feet at 187 miles an hour. Yes, I did that, but I was a lot younger, if you notice, There was no gray in that guy's beard. I, don't, I wouldn't do it today. I did it twice. I wouldn't do it today. In all reality, I was actually quoting lines that I had to memorize because I was known as part of the announcement guys for our church. And we had to do the announcements while free-falling with that guy strapped to our back there were two of us that were jumping that day and we had to do our announcements that way i'm not doing that for you (laughs) that ain't ain't gonna happen but today we're gonna look at faith in a different way we're gonna look at faith when it's in the face of opposition because there's gonna come times in your life where you're gonna have to take a stand of faith and you're gonna go against opposition You're going to go against the world. You're going to have to go about faith alone. So how do we do that? How do we go about standing in faith when everything else goes against us, when everyone else goes against us? How do we stand strong in those times? Let me ask you a question. What do you want to be remembered for? When your day comes at the end of your life, how do you want to be remembered? at the memorial, at your funeral, at that time of celebration of your life, what will they say about your life? Can I say this? I think you'll be remembered for the decisions that you make, the decisions, the stands that you take based on your faith. That's how I think I'll be remembered and that's how I think you'll be remembered. Today, we're gonna look at the story of a man in the Old Testament that all of us know, it's the story of Noah. Noah was remembered for a man who built an ark, right? Noah was remembered for a man who saved his family and all the animals, two by two, male and female, right, in the world. But the story of Noah is a story of unwavering faith and a story of God's enduring promises in that time. We find the story of Noah in the book of Genesis. You have your Bible, your Bible app. If you want to follow along and highlight, I encourage you to do that. But we're going to find it right there in Genesis chapter 6 is where we're going to begin. And we're gonna learn a lot this morning about unwavering faith through the life of Noah. But we gotta understand a little bit of what life was like for Noah at that time because there was corruption in the world. That's why he was building an ark. The world had strayed from where God wanted them to be. There was wickedness, there was immorality, there was moral decay, there was sin. They were not following God's way anymore. They had gotten so bad that God was able to find one person that lived the right way, and his name was Noah. But the problem for Noah was not just following in faith the promises that God had for him in building an ark, but it was the opposition that he was gonna face. Noah faced a lot of opposition, and I tell you this morning, there'll be times when you stand in faith, sometimes by yourself, that you are going to face opposition, that people will go against your decision to stand for what you stand for. Look what it says in Genesis chapter six, beginning in verse five. It tells us what the world was like at this time. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The world was a bad, evil place. But Noah emerges as a man of righteousness and faith, And in this chaotic world, it's God who finds Noah and chooses Noah to fulfill this extraordinary purpose, to build an ark and save some people and animals along the way. The story of Noah is about judgment and salvation. The story of Noah is about obedience and disobedience in a time of overwhelming corruption and sin. Noah set himself apart by living the right way, God's way. But yet, Noah was mocked for building an ark. He was laughed at because he told people it was going to rain, and it had never rained at that time in the history of the world. Now, theologians will debate that, but there is no mention of rain in the beginning of Genesis up until the time of Noah that had ever fallen from the sky, and the concept of the word flood didn't exist. The the world had never flooded before. So imagine the ridicule and the abuse and the teasing and the mockery Noah and his family must have faced when they're building an ark for an incoming rain and flood event. But yet it didn't stop Noah from doing the job that God had called him to do. He simply responded to God's commands and he went to work. He had a willing heart and he had willing hands and God rewarded him for his faith. God rewarded him for his righteousness God rewarded him for his obedience, saving both him and his family. What I'd like to do for the next few minutes is I want to read the modern story of Noah to give some context of what I think was going on in Genesis chapter 6. It says, One day as Noah was praying in solitude, he heard a voice. Noah recognized the voice as that of God. God spoke to Noah, saying, Noah, you are a righteous man in a world that has turned away from me. I've seen the wickedness of humanity, and I've, de- I've decided to cleanse the earth of its impurities. I will send a great flood to wash away the sin and start anew. But I've chosen you, Noah, to be the one to build an ark and save yourself, your family, and the remnant of every living creature on this planet. Noah was filled with awe and fear at the message he received from God. Let's stop there for a moment. Awe and fear, but you, come on, there had to have been a little bit of doubt, right? It had never rained, no flood. I mean, he's asking him to build this vessel for animals and his family for what? A rain event that had never, ever occurred. I think if I was asked to build a boat with no experience of flood or rain, I might have some doubts. I might have some concerns. I may wonder, like, is there a different plan you have? Do you have plan B here? Because I don't know if we've ever seen rain before. But even with those doubts, Noah knew that he had been chosen for a great purpose, and he was determined to carry out God's will in that situation. Noah set out to work immediately, it says in the story, gathering all the material necessary with the help of his sons. Years passed as Noah and their family continued their work on the ark. The ark became a symbol of faith and dedication to God. People all over watched with skepticism, and mockery as the ark was built and as construction neared completion, God told Noah to gather his family, collected two of every kind of living creature, male and female, and then to bring them onto the ark. Noah did as he was commanded. He and his family led the animals onto the ark. When's the last time you felt God wanted you to do something that made no sense? Was the last time you had a situation in your life where you said, you know what, God, that's a strange request of me. Maybe it's an opportunity to take a job in another state where you have to leave your family. Maybe it's taking a stand against a policy of where you work where you know it it, it just felt wrong, that the policy just seemed abusive. Maybe it was a lifestyle choice of a a family member or a friend that you just couldn't support. Because there are going to be times where our faith will be in stark contrast to the world's ways. And we have, to, we have to be ready for that, because standing firm in your faith may require going against the flow. And when we do that, we're going to face opposition. Faith firm, standing firm in your faith may require going against the flow. God-honoring decisions will often set you apart from the crowd. I remember as a little kid when I saw the story of Noah, I think we had little kid books in our school and I remember the cover of one of them and it's this big boat, right? And there's a gray bearded guy on top and a few other people on top of, on the deck and then there's, a, there's like a drawbridge coming out from the boat and there's animals being paraded on and there's people around and I, I don't remember the people's faces but I would imagine they were either laughing at Noah or they were mocking him or they were shouting or mad at him. But that's the image I had as a kid. I think I even had the figurines. Maybe you had the figurines of the animals going two by two, right? But what I remember of that, and I I don't know if that's important to remember exactly what it looked like or if that's exactly what it was, but I remember looking at that and seeing the powerful truth that that represented. The truth being that in order to live as a follower of Jesus, there will be times that I will be called to stand apart from the crowd. There will be times in order to honor God that I'll need to be a minority, and in some cases, a minority of one against the majority, and so will you. If you are truly intent in remaining faithful when God calls you to something, you need to remember that every day, on occasion, in your life, you need to know that you'll be called upon, on occasion, to take a stand apart from the crowd. On occasion, in a humble fashion, in a gentle fashion, but in a bold fashion, you'll have to say, you know what, I can't agree to that. I can't stand behind that. I can't support that. I can't sign my name to that. Because in doing so, you would dishonor God. But when you go against the opposition by standing in faith, you'll realize there's a plan. It's God's plan for faithful living. God has a plan for the faith that you have taken and the stand that you are taking in opposition to the world's ways. Look what it says in Genesis chapter six, verses eight and nine. We read about God's grace and favor in Noah. It says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among people of his time. He walked faithfully with God. God chose Noah to bring to the world salvation in humanity and through the animals of the earth. God made a covenant with Noah, a promise to spare his life and his family from the imminent flood. And this covenant was established purely because of God's grace and Noah's faithfulness. They work hand in hand. Our faith will be responded to by God through his promises in our life. Noah's faith was not just about belief. It was about action. Sometimes faith requires us to put some skin in the game. Faith will always require action from us. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 about Noah. It says, By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, rain, a flood, opposition, in holy fear, reverence to God, built an ark to save his family. No one must have wondered if this was the right plan. Like I said, was there a plan B? Maybe Noah's was asking, you gotta have a plan B. There's been no flood, there's been no rain. People are laughing at us all the time. We're being faithful, God. We're going through, we're building this vessel for you. But in all reality, do you have another plan just in case the clouds don't come? Just in case the rain doesn't fall? However, God had an eternal plan in mind a bigger picture, if you will. He knew the sinful state of the world. God knew. And he knew he needed to step in and intervene because he loved the world. He planned and ultimately provided a way for you and I to come to salvation. The story of Noah is God's bigger plan for you and I to come to salvation because God sees the bigger picture. And we must trust him even when we don't understand his ways. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. I bet many of you have this even memorized. God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And see, when you take that in and you repeat it over and over and over in the most difficult of time and in the most difficult of opposition to your faith, that faith that you have has to produce some level of pure joy in a true believer, even in the midst of opposition. Because God is going to do good. That's his promise to us. He's going to do good. That's his promise in all of our lives when we're faithful. some of you right now are in trials. You're going through some challenges. You're in the storms of life. Can I ask you where your focal point is? Because it's natural for our focal point to be on deliverance, right? As we see deliverance as what we would want for deliverance. And I know that I'm that way. When I go through a struggle, when I'm going through some opposition in my family or my life, I want to deliver. I want to be delivered in my way. But the right place for our focal point to be is to be on God and what God defines As good because God's good is perfect good and to be focal focally on his promises because his promises never fail that's where it needs to be you have to make a conscious decision in your mind a resolve to live with conviction a faith that says I can trust God in the midst of the where I am in the fire of opposition that I face I can trust God because God is faithful to his promise. And he will bring about his plan, his good plan, as he defines good. We just have to trust him to know what's good for us. Noah led, uh, Noah's faith led him to obediently follow God completely. He started building the ark, even though there had been no rain ever. And the flood was a foreign concept. So imagine the teasing. Imagine the mockery. Imagine the neighbor coming by and going, Noah, what are you building? An ark? What's an ark? This? Why is it in my yard? Because? Do you know it's never rained? Yep. God says it's going to rain. Uh-huh. Um, what about these animals? What are they doing in my yard? You, can you just imagine? I, at one point, I think the neighbor would look at Noah and go, you're an idiot. You're stupid. You're dumb. And yet Noah took it. He endured it. The pressure he must have faced must have been overwhelming. He could have easily doubted. He could have given up. He could have thrown up his hands and said, I can't do this. He could have questioned God's plan. However, Noah didn't do that. He remained committed in his faith and continued to build the ark. And get this, what the scripture says, for about a century. Do your math. It took him 100 years to build the ark. Think of the amount of mockery and teasing and ridicule, a hundred years worth. Some of us can't even take five minutes of it. He took a hundred years of it. His obedience is a remarkable example of his faith toward God's promise. His unwavering trust in God's word is extraordinary. Look what Paul says to us about faith in 1 Corinthians 16 13. Paul says, Be on your guard. Stand firm in your faith. Don't waver, don't give in, don't get weak. Be courageous, be strong. And then he says in Ephesians 6.10, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. God's power can overcome any of the opposition you face, that you face in your opposition toward your faith. God's word reminds us that when we hold firm to our faith, God will provide the strength we need. He'll give us what we need when we stand firm. He'll reward us for our faithfulness. Stay focused on God's word when the pressure piles on. Because opposition isn't going to get lighter as time goes on. It's going to get heavier and more intense and more overwhelming. And God says, stay focused on me. I'll reward you. I'll give you the strength that you need. What we could also learn from the story of Noah is that we need a place of refuge. And the ark was a place of refuge, it was a place of safety. He continued to build the ark, he continued to build this structure, but it wasn't just a physical structure, but it was also a place of refuge, it was gonna be their salvation, their place of safety. It became a safe place in the midst of an impending destruction of the earth. In our lives, you and I, we're gonna face trials, challenges, and storms. And just as the ark provided refuge for Noah and his family, We can find safety and protection and comfort in God's word, in God's presence during the storms of life. God doesn't leave us when life gets tough. He walks through those seasons with us. When people oppose him, he doesn't turn his back on them. He stays committed to you to be able to show his best through you. You know that the ark wasn't a boat? All those images that maybe you had, the books you've seen, that Noah, that when he built the ark, it wasn't a boat. It had no rudder, it had no sail, it had one window, it had one door. The the word ark is an Egyptian word that means coffin. Imagine that. He was building a coffin in order to survive. The instructions to build the ark and the mention of the ark in Scripture demonstrated that the ark was a means of deliverance. Talk about true faith. They were going to put, he was going to put his family and these animals in a coffin box to float upon the water for however long God deemed he wanted to. Psalm 46 is a great reminder of who God is in the midst of times where we're floating and we don't know where we're headed. He is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Friends, there's going to be times where God steps in and supernaturally rescues us We've seen it. We can say, only God could have done that. You've been in those moments. Only God could have done that, provided that, showed that, whatever. But in my experience, truly, it's those times where God says to me, start building the ark. And then you can either decide to get into the ark and get on board or grab a plank and start swimming. And sometimes I'm like, God, why would you do that? Because I think God wants to see how much grit we have how much determination, how much commitment we have in that faith, because faith requires action. And if we truly have faith, God's going to say, hey, then get on board. Or if you want to go about it alone, grab one of the extra boards and start swimming. I wonder how many of us sometimes grab that that board, because I think some of us need a little bit more grit. And I think this story is a reminder of the importance of having that grit, because that grit turns into determination, and that determination turns into endurance, and that endurance turns into perseverance, and that perseverance turns into character, which leads even to a deeper faith, and I think that's important to learn, and I think it's important for all of us to hear. Sometimes we have to put skin in the game and take that step of faith, because it requires action. Faith always requires action on our part. Maybe it's quitting a job that is unethically spending money even though it's going to cost you in your income. Maybe it's ending a relationship that you've had for years and years that's been so inappropriate. Maybe it's just simply having a conversation with a person who's hurt you. Whatever it is, sometimes we need to act on our faith. And it may just sometimes have to be more than just lip service. Yeah, I have faith. Oh, I have faith. Yeah, I got faith. We have to sometimes act on that faith. God will always provide safety in the storms of life. Always. God will never abandon us. He'll never leave us on our own to go through it. But he'll always provide safety in the storms of life. Another thing we learn about the story of Noah is about God's faithfulness and promise. See, Noah's faith was tested during that century-long building project (laughs) And he had to wait for God's promise to be fulfilled, a hundred years of waiting for this thing called rain, not knowing when it would come. Waiting can be challenging, can it? Many of us have gone through times in our life of waiting and waiting and waiting for God's answers. And a lot of us can relate to the impatience and potential doubt that could creep in during times of waiting. People will question your resolve when you're waiting. People will question your position. Even family members will question your faith or even potentially question your God. Yet Noah teaches us that true faith involves trusting God's timing. Noah had a lot of opposition. People must have been so unkind, laughed at him mocked him, teased him as he built the ark. And it never rained during that time period. As it rain wasn't falling, they must have laughed even harder and made more fun of him. Yet he obeyed God and he kept his focus because he knew that God was right and God would reward him for his obedience. Do you have that kind of resolve? Do you have that strength in your faith right now? Sometimes, God mean, uh, sometimes obeying God means believing and doing things that the world won't understand but we know that God will honor us because of our obedience. Look what it says in Genesis 7:5 about Noah. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. In our own lives, we're going to face seasons of waiting, waiting for answers to prayers, waiting for answers for breakthroughs, waiting for God to fulfill his promise. Noah's example reminds us that even in our waiting, our faith can be sustained. It can can actually be strengthened. Like Noah, we must keep trusting God and pressing on even when we don't see immediate results. God will fulfill his promise when we remain faithful to him. It's cause and effect. If we stay faithful to God, God will reward us. If we stay faithful to God, he will reward us. It's his promise to us. Another thing we can learn about the story of Noah... It took faith to enter the ark. The very thing of salvation for him and his family, it took faith for him to walk on into that coffin. The day arrived when God told Noah to enter the ark with his family and the animals. This was the culmination of Noah's faith journey. He had obediently followed God's instruction even when the world told him it was crazy to trust in God for something this crazy. Now it was time for him to step into the ark, the very thing that would save him. And as the flood waters rose and God's judgment came upon the earth, Noah and his family were safe inside the ark. God's faithfulness to his promise was evident, and he protected them through the storm. The ark became the symbol of God's grace and salvation that comes through faith. You know what else does? The cross of Jesus Christ. The cross is a symbol of God's grace and salvation that comes through our faith in his son, Jesus. Do you see the parallel of Noah's story? you see the importance of his faith, his unwavering faith, and his step of faith into that ark, the very thing that would save him? Noah's story reminds us that God is faithful to his promise. When we step out in faith, even when it seems illogical to the world, even when it makes no sense to our family and our friends, when the world laughs at us, mocks us, God will be with us. He'll provide, he'll protect, he'll guide us through the storms of life just as he did for Noah. The same God who helped Noah, sustained Noah, protected Noah, saved Noah is the same God today that will do the same for you. Noah's faith to enter that ark represents the act, the ultimate act of surrender. When we came to our faith in Jesus Christ, it was because we surrendered our lives to him. Noah surrendered his life to God by walking onto that ark. It required complete trust in God's plan as he left behind everything he had known, even his neighbors and even in the world that had rejected God's message. But it was his faith alone that guided Noah into that ark, trusting that God would do exactly what God promised he would do. As Christians, we believe in the Bible, right? We believe it 100%. We believe that a flood covered the entire earth. We believe that God warned, instructed, and protected Noah and his family. And that he loved creation enough to send animals into the ark to protect them. Because God is far more and farther above what we know and what we expect and even understand. And that was true of him then, and it's still true of him now. Well, he did it in Noah's situation, and he can do it in yours. And if there if that wasn't enough proof, look what it says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It reminds us of that truth. It says that he is able to do immeasurably more than we all than than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us. There are gonna be times in your life where you're gonna need to step into the ark, a step of faith and trust God at his word. There's going to be times when you'll need to take a stand against a position or a policy or a decision that if you went along with it, you'd be dishonoring God. There'll be times when you'll be left alone in your faith and your decision will go against everyone else's. In those times, it's where our faith in who God is and his promises that helps us and helped us to stand strong. Noah was given a brand new start. God gives us a new start. Because of our faith in him and his promises, no matter where you're at, he'll give you a new start. And that new start looks differently in each of our lives in each of our storms and each of our challenges. But he promises a new start. He promised a new start for Noah through the form of a rainbow to say he would never flood the earth again. The story of Noah is a call to faith and obedience. It is not just a historical account of something that happened long ago, but it's a timeless message of faith. Obedience and God's unwavering love. Noah's journey teaches us to stand firm in our faith, even in a corrupt world. Noah's journey teaches us to obey God's word, trusting his wisdom and guidance. Noah's journey teaches us to find refuge in God's presence during life's storms, to trust God in his unchanging promises, and then embrace new beginnings through faith in Jesus. It's in these challenging times that you and I face today that it's important for us to be like Noah, being faithful servants of God, holding strong to his promises and living out his love for all to see in the lives of other people. And when we do this, we will ultimately be remembered for being a man or a woman of faith. That's how I want to be remembered. When my time is done, I want to be remembered as a man of faith. And I would want you to be a man remembered remembered as a man of faith or a woman of faith. And we do that by putting our faith in God and trusting that he will fulfill his promises in our lifetime. A faith that could be contagious and a faith that can be rewarded. So where's your faith today? Where have you placed your faith? It is my prayer that you would put your faith in Jesus Christ. That you would surrender your life to him because there's no better place for it to be than in him because God will fulfill all of his promises through your faith. He will keep you safe. He will carry you through. He'll provide and he'll fulfill his promises because he loves you. Let's pray. God, thanks for loving us. We pray that today, Lord, that our faith will be strengthened, even in the face of opposition, that we know you will stand by us. You will carry us through. You will provide safety and protection. You will guide us when we take steps onto the ark of our lives in the challenges that we face, when we go against the world, Lord, may we know that this is the best decision, the right decision, because you will bring about good in our lives as you define good. We thank you, Lord, for your promises. We give our faith to you this morning, and we thank you for your son, Jesus, and we pray this in his name. Amen.